comes louder. He's one on one with Hemsley, and Hemsley blocks it. Mitchell spins on Childs, and one. Cal up top, Shepard. Shepard was asking for it for three. Watson, and a foul! This is a clinic. This is Aztec basketball. Aztec Nation, what is up? This is the Aztec Breakdown Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Trone. I am joined, as usual, by Kyle Kinslow. Kyle, how's it going? It's going really well. It's going really well. Happy to, to be back and happy to end the season on some some squeakers some, you know, some nail biting w's close games um but the boys got by all accounts two full days to lay in their beds watch mm-hmm. netflix and recover um and so hoping that come thursday night they'll be ready to rock if you do not already you can find kyle on twitter at call me kinslow you can find uh myself on everywhere at Aztec Breakdown at this point, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, go to the website, aztecbreakdown.com. If you haven't already, be sure to follow the show, subscribe to the show, give us good reviews, all the good stuff. Kyle, there has been a slew of news over the past two days. We're recording on a Tuesday night. Uh, we had yesterday on Monday, uh, the media the Mountain West media released their postseason awards as well as like first team, second team, third team. Today, the coaches uh, polls were released. Uh, before I get into that, I just saw across my timeline, Jordan Shackle was picked up by the Washington Wizards. Yeah, two um, day, a, a two-way contract. So yeah. congratulations to NBA basketball player mm-hmm. Jordan Shackle. That's mm-hmm. a huge achievement and really goes along the lines of his hard work um really what that means is they'd like to see more of him in the future guys in the g league they're hard to keep around right because they have a little bit more flexibility because there's so many different options for those people in the g league overseas for more money or do you stay in the g league and Mm -hmm. so the two-way contract is really used for teams to kind of say we'd like to take a deeper look at kind of who you are as a player and, and maybe give you an extra summer in this case, to develop into something potentially special. Um, Best case of a two-way player in the NBA that people are going to know, Alex Caruso. Mm -hmm. Alex Caruso was a former two-way player and got a huge bag from Chicago in the the offseason. So definitely we all should be very happy for Jordan. And uh, he's on a team that needs a shooter. And hopefully he can get some minutes in these these last you know games for the Wizards because they are very much in full tank at this point. Um, and so yeah, congratulations, Jordan. There you go, Jordan Shackle, earning it the hard way, but definitely very Doesn't happy matter. for him. Yeah. Very very happy for him. Um, yeah. So let's come back, Mountain West here, San Diego State, Kyle. When the media awards were announced and Matt Bradley was left off of all Mountain West first team, how upset were you? I wasn't, to be honest. Okay. I, okay. I did not have the outrage that everyone had. Right? <laughs> um, I think if you looked at the players that made it, they're a lot more consistent than Matt was this year. Mm-hmm. I think Matt's biggest case is 
if you're taking every player in the conference at their best version of themselves, he's the best player. So that was, I think, everyone's beef. But I think consistency did him in by the media. But we all know, we all know the coaches are who what's knows best. And they rectified that situation today. <laughs> the coaches rectified the situation. I don't think there's much more to talk about with the media awards. There was a lot yeah. of, uh, there was a lot of crossover between the two. Honestly, they weren't mm-hmm. all that different. Yeah. Uh, I think Nathan Mensa won defensive player of the year he for did. both the media and the coaches. And honestly, like who else would you have chosen? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like there's, there's nobody else that's even close. And that's, I, I understand I'm an Aztec fan. I'm biased, but there's no one else that's even close in that regard. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the changes was f- for one, Matt Bradley making uh, first team with the coaches. Uh, I was very happy because I have been adamant all season that Graham EK is not a first team all conference player. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has great numbers, but I, th- that's just what I've been saying. And I have been taking flack from Wyoming fans for a while. They have been in my mentions telling me how dumb I am, which is fine. <laughs> they're not yeah. wrong. They're just that they're not right for the reason they think they are. Uh, and the coaches had Grammy K as a second team player, which is where I had him too. Uh, so I felt, I, I personally felt very vindicated by that. Matt Bradley was first team. Uh, he also got newcomer of the year, which makes sense. Uh, and then the surprise for me was Chad Baker Mazzara getting sixth player of the year. That was something else. That was a big time show of respect. How do you feel about that? I mean, our the sixth man of the year is our third man off the bench. Like <laughs> the sixth man isn't the sixth man. But I think basically what this shows is Chad has had a really really strong close to the end of the year Mm -hmm. and the conference as a whole doesn't have a lot of depth they have Mm -hmm. some good teams i mean i think we can all agree if four teams got in this year we wouldn't be surprised um but the depth on those rosters isn't very deep colorado state's pretty much plays six or seven guys and the two guys off the bench aren't anything special. Same thing with Boise. Um, Wyoming is very much a two man team. And uh, yeah, I just think that of all the guys to choose, I think it's very similar. He's the only one that really had a huge impact game off the bench when he scored 20 uh, the other day. But I think it's really a sign of respect for who he is as a player, right? I think it's, Everyone kind of sees he could be really good. And the potential, again, if you take all the guys that are coming off the bench and you say, give me their best game, it's the kind of the same thing as Matt Bradley. I think he's the best player there. You could really make a case that if Chad makes a marginal leap next year, he's going to be like option B on this team potentially. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we don't know about Ladie. We don't know about how Lamont's a lot of stuff yet to shake out. A lot of there's the exactly. There's a lot of stuff going on, but I just think it's a a testament to who he is as a player, and and I really think that it's it's he should be incredibly proud because he had very much some of the same problems Matt had in the Mm -hmm. beginning of the year with trying to figure out how to fit fit in. And if you look at how they're both playing now, maybe not the last two games where we. Retired mm-hmm. and reverted to very mm-hmm. much early season Aztecs offense. Um, not as much, but 
I'm very happy for Chad. I know the fan base loves him. Mm-hmm. He's kind of like our little Aztec breakdown Twitter, like the, the group, the core, like 50 people that listen to us and talk. It's <laughs> kind of like our, he's kind of like our boy. He's kind yep. of like the Aztec breakdowns boy. Um, so seeing that is really cool. And like the little group of people like get all crazy. That was pretty awesome. But yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a big nod his direction, but I also think it's kind of a, a realistic look at where the conference is as a whole in terms of team depth. Yeah, it was, it was tough. So if you didn't see it on Twitter on, I think like Sunday night, I, I took a shot at like who I might vote for if I had a vote, which I don't and probably shouldn't. Um, and for the most part, I think what I had was pretty close to what the coaches had. I did, I did under undersell key jab. And after relooking at it, I was like, I definitely, I had him on third team. I should have had him on second team, but Baker Mazzara was somebody I seriously considered for six man of the year. And I just, the reason I didn't give it to him was just like you said, like the inconsistency. Right. And I was like, there's probably some other players that have been more consistent, but maybe not as high of a ceiling. Um, One of the tricky parts was a lot of the players that you would think might get it. Like the media gave it to Donovan Williams. He started half the games for UNLV. And for me, I was like, that's, that should disqualify you basically. Like you're a starter at that point. You're not a six man. So it, it was, it was definitely tough, but he's, he, like you said, he has a lot of potential on both sides of the floor, right? Once he, once he gets things going, as he gets more comfortable, he's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna rip some hearts out with some, with some clutch shots at the end of games, right? It's going to be, he's going to be fun to watch and the Aztecs happen for potentially three more years, depending on if he wants to use his COVID year or not. Yeah. He's going to be really important. He's somebody that in all the games where we dominated, he's probably had a pretty good game. Mm -hmm. He's got that two man game with a rope. uh, That's really good. He has, and this is a skill that Aztec fans have really, really become aware of in the last two games. He can pass the ball into the post without Mm -hmm. turning the ball over and he can help break a press. And those two things were on display these last two games that we very much needed them. And Dutcher didn't really use him, but uh, that's, that's another conversation for another day. But I think he's got skills that this team needs and the ceiling, the sky's the limit. Like he's got a, he's got that aggressive mentality. He's already got a go-to move that can only be perfected, which is the catch the ball. The guy's running out at him. He takes a drip, one dribble to like that baseline mid-range shot and hits mm-hmm. it. The best way I can describe it is it's just another version of kind of what DeMar DeRozan, who is arguably one of the biggest shocks of the NBA year takes. He takes this mid-range jumper coming pull up from a two and it's automatic. I think every one of those shots by Chad is going in at this point. So he's got <laughs> me convinced. Um, and I know it's not the most efficient shot and the metrics don't love it, but I mean, we're, we're, we literally have a point guard who shoots a, a free throw line floater as his best shot. So I, I, the metrics sometimes can't, re, you can't really go by them. <laughs> um, but I'm excited for him, man. He's really one of the players that I have this. He could be really special uh, in terms of just being a great Aztec. And, I, and I'm really excited to, to watch him develop over these next couple of years. I think the last award that we haven't talked about yet is. Uh... Lamont Butler made the all defensive team. Of course, of course, Mensa did too, but Lamont Butler made it very well-deserved. Uh, yes. 
he has been getting a good amount of flack um, over the past couple of months. And granted, his offense has been has been pretty bad for for a while. Yep. I was I was I was thinking after the uh, the Nevada game, I, I gave him the Aztec breakdown player of the game. And and while I was thinking about it, I was like, there was a point, remember, like at the Michigan game, it was the first game he missed with injury mm-hmm. where we were like, what is this team without Lamont Butler? He's the best yep. player on the team. And we're seeing that now that he's gone. Right. That was a mm-hmm. thing a couple months ago. And now on offense, it, it hasn't been good. He just hasn't been able to hit shots. He hasn't been able to get his timing down in the flow of the yeah. offense. Um, I think it's it's. I think it's very much a case if he's playing a position that doesn't suit him right now and well, continue your point. And when you want to pass, we'll go, we'll go into that. Yeah. So like he, he broke his wrist, right? He was, he was in his flow. He was like the leading three point shooter on the team. He was playing very well. Then he broke his wrist. Then the team went on COVID pause right about as he was healthy with his wrist. So he missed a lot of time. And what I don't think gets enough attention is he also lost a sibling right in that time frame as well. And that's, that messes with people as it should. Right. Uh, And there has been very little coverage of it, which is probably a good thing for the most part. Mm -hmm. But when Mm -hmm. I see people that are, that are talking down on him, I'm like, let's, let's cut the guy a break here for a minute because even, you know, so, so my, girlfriend is a Michigan state alumni and a Michigan state fan. And because of that, I watch a lot of Michigan state games and they had a point guard by the name of Cassius Winston a few years ago. And he was like a national player of the year quality point guard. And he very similarly, he lost a brother like right before the season started. And for the first few months of the season, he was not the same player. So if it can happen to him, it can happen to anybody. Isaiah Thomas uh, in the NBA, Isaiah Thomas in the NBA, another example. Um, those are just very there. I'm sure there are so many more. Those uh-huh. are just the most public, just right? The ones that we got on the top of our heads. So yeah. hopefully with that, people cut him some slack. What's amazing is despite all that, how good his defense has been, uh, evanmia.com has him as the best defender, the most impactful defender on San Diego state. And I, I want to say the most impactful defender in the conference, honestly, uh, which is amazing coming from a guard slot. So mm-hmm. um, well-deserved all defensive team from him. Um, say, say your piece. Yeah. So I think everyone knows I'm, I'm the captain of the Lamont Butler train. I, I don't hide it. Uh, and I, I agree that there's been a lot of, he's come through a lot of adversity, but I still will die on this Hill that he is playing the, the two guard in a, when he is a pure one guard player. And my case in point is during the Nevada game, Trey Pulliam got a technical or maybe not a tech. It was a tech. Was it a technical when he, when he checked Sherfield after Sherfield it, hit the three? No, yeah. it wasn't. It wasn't a technical. It, it was, was called like a personal. It, it, it like probably should have been based off of if they're going to call that, it should be uh-huh. a technical. But I think on replay, they saw that like, he didn't actually do anything. It wasn't that big of a deal. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it, it was it a, yeah. If you're going to call that, which you can, and I see that because he definitely does kind of step in his direction, but he's not elbowing him or whatever, but he's definitely trying to get in the way. Um, they were down four at that point. And 
Lamont came in to play the one and run the show. And I mean, in a way that he hasn't had that freedom because they knew he knew for the next four and a half minutes or five and a half minutes that, that Trey wasn't coming back into the game. And so he played like he, he played like, okay, I have the freedom to make the decisions that I want. When he came in, they were down four and they were up three at halftime. And he had about four. I think he had two layups. I think he had an assist for a three. He keep just watch him play Grant Sherfield on, on offense. Grant Sherfield was cooking that game and literally had to work for every single ounce of space against Lamont. There was a play where he crossed Lamont and they ended up calling a foul on Lamont. Lamont jumped straight up in the air and to, to kind of defend his, his floater and Sherfield runs into like creates the contact. They call a foul on, on Lamont, but just, his recovery speed, his basketball IQ on defense is elite. I really just think he needs – he's a I-need-the-keys-in-my-hands type of player. There are, there are guards that, can, that are natural point guards on other teams that come to San Diego State and are, can play the two. K.J. Fagan is the perfect example of that. Lamont is not K.J. Fagan. He is not a spot-up shooter. He is a I-need-the-ball-in-my-hands let me make the decisions. Let me attack the defense uh, and make shit happen kind of guard. And that Nevada game really showed that. And that's kind of where I see him in the future. So um, I'll buy all of the stock if anyone wants to sell, because I have a really good feeling he's <laughs> going to come good next year. Um, especially when there isn't that, that other guard pressure, especially. And, and on top of that, that other guard is Trey Pulliam who, we've talked about before is one of the winningest Aztec players of all time. So it's not like it's some rando, you know what I like? The guy was a part of uh, the 2020 team. One of the best teams ever, the 2021 team, which was one of the best teams ever. And this year's team, which for a rebuilding year has been pretty dang good in, in the best mountain West in years. Mm -hmm. um, I'd say the team in a rebuilding years done. Okay. So Big fan of Lamont and well-deserved uh, defensive first team, all defense. And that'll be the first of many. And next year, if Mensa doesn't come back, I think he's kind of your early favorite to be defensive player of the year. Yeah. Yeah. He might be. I'm, I'm trying to think of any like bigs that are really good defenders. And off the top of my head, I can't think of any. So yeah. Butler could definitely be the guy. Um yeah, no. So congrats to all the Aztec players who, who won their their various awards. Um, it has been it has been a run of, of a season uh, just from where it started to where we are now. It is it has been a wild ride, uh, but we are here for yeah. it. We're here for it. One of the things one of the things I was talking uh, to my wife about who has no concept of what I'm mentioning. So, it, mm -hmm. you know, what does it matter? Uh, <laughs> If you said that this year, if you took our record and where we're at, so we're the third place team in the Mountain West, and you said this is going to be the result of this season, would you say this season is a success, a meh, or a failure? You know, I was thinking the other day, and this, this will answer the question, I was thinking about our preseason show. I think we both, I think if I remember correctly, I think we both projected the Aztecs to go 14 and four in conference mm -hmm. play. Mm -hmm. Something like that. Yeah. They finished 13 and four 
because a game on the road at New Mexico got canceled. Uh, that's not a gimme game. The pit is a hard place to play, right? They, they beat Wyoming there. Uh, and Wyoming is a, is a, is a good team, right? They're arguably going to make the tournament. They're right. They're right there on the bubble. Uh, so it's, it's not a gimme game, but the Aztecs probably would have been favored and that would have been 14 to four. So they would have been right along that expectation. And I think if you meet that expectation, I think that's a success. It has been a weird way of getting there, right? There were, there was a time in the year where I, I wrote about it for East Village Times, where this was the second worst offensive team in the Steve Fisher and Brian Dutcher era. So since 1999, there was a time where it was the second worst offensive team measured by Ken Palm. And it's not anymore, which is, which is wonderful, but it was, it was something else, but you know, taking that into account, I would say it's a success. And especially in the context, like you said, like this is a rebuilding year. So, yeah. yeah. If you would have told me we were going to finish third this year, I would have been like, what the heck? Like, no way that's bad. But with context of the league was a lot better than we Mm -hmm. thought it was. Mm -hmm. Like first year ever, Boise didn't fold and has a legit chance to win regular season and tournament championships. Mm -hmm. Colorado State was pretty, maybe a little bit, maybe not as good as we thought. But if we're saying that, we're saying the difference from I think they're probably a top 20 team to just outside the top 25. So very small margin. Mm -hmm. Wyoming kind of came out of nowhere, right? Um, and I think that UNLV had a second half resurgence. Mm-hmm. Fresno was probably about as good as we thought we were, but the conference overall as a whole was way better than what we, we originally expected. And so I'm okay. I'm happy. I think that, that for me, it's all about the, the development, the progression playing well at the end of the year, which <clears throat> we might not be playing well right now, but we didn't lose those last two games and that's really important that's all really at the end of the day all that matters and now the guys have had time to rest right they they just played like 10 games in the month of february or something like that which is which is more than usual i went back and i looked at old seasons and it was normally like seven or eight games in a month and this time was 10 and they just finished three games in six days they've had a couple days off like you said to just totally rest and recover and get, uh, get treatments and all that stuff. Yeah. Dutcher, Dutcher literally said he was going to give them Sunday and Monday off, Mm -hmm. which at the end of the season is very rare. So I'm sure there were, they had like an open run maybe if, if you wanted to get some shots up, but nothing organized, it's completely. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure they basically, some players, they were like, okay, you cannot come. You need to go sleep for tell tell a rope to go get ready for for Thursday. They used to do that with Shackle, right? They used to have to kick Shackle yeah. out of the gym. They were like, yeah. you're going to wear yourself out. You're not going to make shots when we need you to. So you got to leave. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure Shackle then went and just found a park somewhere and got shots up there. Yeah. But not yeah. the point. <laughs> not the point. Uh-huh. Uh, so with that, the Aztecs are playing on Thursday night, late tip-off, the winner of Fresno State and San Jose State. So likely fresno fresno state right yeah they beat them by a combined 50 points in two games yeah yeah so so let's progress here under the assumption that they will be playing fresno state because that is probably the safest bet in this whole tournament fresno state beat them on the road by 17 i want to say it was like a yeah it was a convincing win it was uh, 44 to 61 i think 17 yeah 17 points 
victory on the road, a very convincing victory. And then they come into Viejas and the Aztecs barely squeak by, beat them by one point. Uh, what is your confidence level playing Fresno State Say for it. a third time? Eight and a half out of ten. Pretty confident. Eight and a half out of ten. Yeah, I think I'm I think, right about there too. Uh, first game, I think, was about as well as we could play them, right? 20-point victory. This mm-hmm. team is never going to beat somebody by 40. We're just not that good on offense. Mm-hmm. So played about as good of a game as we could. And then uh, at the home stretch, I think our bigs had their single worst game of the season, Nathan Mensa included, all of them, Tomayich, Diabate, and Fresno's strength is their bigs. Mm-hmm. And when you have the worst game of the season, uh, you get punished. And But let's be honest, Shouldn't have been an overtime game. We literally tried to foul. They didn't call it. They hit a miracle yep. three to tie. Yep. We played horrible down the stretch. It was very much, it was very much a, uh, the last two games of the year were similar. So I have, um, I'm fairly confident, especially because I, I heard today that the SDSU fan sections, which are three sections in, in Vegas are sold out. So that's mm-hmm. huge. I heard the same thing. Um, Fresno does not have a huge contingency. If they make the final, they'll get fans there, but otherwise they're not a traditional traveling to the tournament program. So I'm pretty excited. I think it'll be uh, a, a prototypical early Aztec quote unquote home game at Viejas East. And I think we'll probably win by 10. And I think the bookies have us favored right now by six and a half, I think is the line five and a half, six and a half. I know it was eight at home. I I will I have not seen the bookies, so I will take your word your word for it. I I the only the only prediction I use or that I see regularly is Ken Palm, and they don't have it up yet because the game the opponent isn't decided. So yeah. we will we'll see that on a Wednesday night. Here is when that will get will get updated. Let me ask you this before we move on to to the semifinal round. Worst case scenario. Aztecs lose to Fresno State. Do you think that destroys the chances of making the big dance, the March Madness tournament? Do you think no. that kicks them out? Okay. No, I think that they, I think Fresno, they have, they don't have a bad, like saying the one of the strengths of the Aztec season is they have zero bad losses. Mm-hmm. I think Fresno State on a neutral court. I think that's not a bad loss either, to be I honest. I think you. it's quad two, um, which is not bad. Okay, so quad, yeah. Um, and I think that the last week really solidified us in. We went from, mm-hmm. we went from like the first four out via Lenardi to a, a eight or a nine seed, and like uh, I saw something today that we're eighty five percent in the tournament. So. What that means is if chalk happens, we're in. For us to be out, we would need a ton of upsets to happen, including the Mountain West. I think for a, a it, I would be more, I would be significantly more scared for our results. I know that's terrible English. <laughs> uh, if let's say like UNLV ran the table and won the tournament, because mm-hmm. that if if those other teams. Well, I guess they could also knock out Wyoming, but this tournament being won by Boise or CSU, if we don't win Aztec fans, you are legitimately rooting for them. 
You want them to win mm-hmm. um, if it's not the Aztecs. And so I'm pretty confident. Uh, I just think that I see all the teams on the bubble and I think they stink. I really do. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't think we're the best team in the entire world, but I think we're better than some of these bubble teams. Um, and I don't know. I think it's this year has, has been a very volatile year, but it's been volatile at the top. It's not been kind of volatile all over the place. So top 15 teams have been beating each other up all season, but not a lot of huge upsets uh, over the course of this year. So I'm fairly, I'm pretty confident. I think we're going to be in, I think we'll, if we lose that first game, I think we're probably like a 10 seed, um, which take it how you want. I, I think I'd rather be, I've seen some of the projections and speaking of Michigan state, I've seen four bracket projections and we're playing them in the first same, round. Same. Yeah. yeah no, that. thanks. Not do about not that. Give me, do not give me Dutcher versus Izzo. Like, no, just don't. No, um, not about that. January, February Izzo, man, you know, that's, that's the shirt. Uh, he's, it's one of the best basketball coaches of all time. And yeah. I just, yeah. it's kind of the same now, thing with Bayheim. Looked how that turned out. <laughs> now, now the all time leader in wins in Big Ten history, Tom Izzo. Crazy. Um, crazy. Something, something else. This is now the, the yeah, so Michigan I, I State breakdown podcast here. There's, uh, a, there's like a, yeah, <laughs> there's like a, there's this weird, like I have this weird thing where it's like, okay, if we're a 10 and we're playing a five, a five is one, is like, teams 20 through 25 or 10, sure. 10, 10 plays 10 plays a seven in the first round which is seven. even lower than okay, that so, yeah yeah even lower so i think that it's uh you know those it's not that big of a deal and i think we're well in the mix i think there are like 20 teams that you could rank 20 through 40 they mm-hmm. could all beat each other mm-hmm. they're all interchangeable i think everyone in the mountain west is in that group so Boise, CSU, Wyoming on a good day. I think they're in that group of that next 20 after the top 20. Yep. And, you know, if you're an Aztec fan coming into this year, like we wanted to make the tournament, it was a goal. But let's be honest, we need a win need in a the win. tournament. It's been we need a, while. a win. And it's been a while. And I like it. I, I think I'd rather play a seven. Give me a team that, you know, won their conference tournament or uh, maybe was like, runner up in a smaller league versus playing a big conference powerhouse that had a rough year. Like, give me that every day of the week. So uh, I'm confident. How about you? How do you feel if if the Aztecs were to lose against Fresno? No, I think, I think they're fine. I basically have thought they were fine since they beat Wyoming. I was like, if they lose both of the next games, then maybe I'll start to sweat, but even then they still have games to make up for it. Uh, But they didn't, they won the next two games. I think I, I honestly think even if somehow San Jose State beat Fresno and then also beat San Diego State the next day, I still think the Aztecs are probably in at that point, honestly. Um, that would be a quad four loss on a neutral floor, which would be bad. But this late, there isn't a whole lot of room for changes. They're not losing on- to San Jose State. And they're not losing to San Jose State. Uh, on Bracket Matrix, I think the Aztecs are the top nine seed out of 129 brackets. So 129 different methodologies and setups. They all have the Aztecs in. It averages out to the top nine seed. So even if they lose, even if they drop a whole seed line, they're still a 10 seed, right? Which is plenty of, of room there. There aren't going to be like 12 bid stealers, right? So uh 
yeah, I think even if they lose to Fresno, they are safely in, like you said, um, the worst, like you said, they drop to a 10 worst case scenario there, yeah. assuming bracket matrix is right. You know, maybe they're a 10 now and they drop mm-hmm. to an 11, but still they would still be safely in. Um, I think if, if they don't get in, they're going to be on Sunday selection, the selection Sunday show. They're going to be talked about as the, one of the biggest snubs. Mm-hmm. I think it's fairly safe to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they, they should be very comfortably in. Cool. Moving on. Let's say things go well. Aztecs beat Fresno State, whether it's by one or by 20. Doesn't matter. The win is the win, right? Uh, The next game will likely be between Utah State or Colorado State. Do you have a preference between those two? Not that it matters because we have no say in it. And uh, how do you feel about (laughs) both of those teams? Yeah. I think that Colorado State is a game, a team that we match up pretty well with. Same. I think that if you look at the course of the year, plus 29 against Colorado State, probably should have two victories uh, against them. Uh, Utah State, we got absolutely smacked in Utah. And that was without question the worst performance of the season mm-hmm. by the Aztecs. Um, and then they come back to SDSU and they got run, right? It was very, it was literally 57-75 at Utah, 56-75 at SDSU. So um, I don't know. The one thing I will say is I, I kind of want to play CSU Same. because Utah State travels and they are one of the, they've kind of replaced, um, they've replaced New Mexico as the fan base that travels. And, and I think we've talked about this before. I think mm-hmm. part of that's just New Mexico's not good. Right. So, um, and Utah State the has game, been. yeah. And the game where, you know, don't worry, you'll see the highlights of, of us losing on a, a buzzer beater from their golden boy uh, over and over again, over the next couple of days. Mm-hmm. But, I th- but when they played that game, that was the most full that I've ever seen the or not maybe ever but top three um and so they traveled for, for so, oh for utah for State? the mountain west for the championship yeah for the for the mountain west tournament championship yeah. and so the thing i always think about who's gonna have traveling fans because sdsu always travels and that is an advantage it is um it might not be you know vieja swings but mm-hmm. when we're rolling it's nice so I think that I'd rather play CSU just because uh, Utah State can get absurdly hot like they did against us in the first game and beat us. And if you make down, sh- if you can knock down shots, you lose. Uh, I think that Justin Bean is a player that we actually match up worse against than, than Roddy. Uh, I think that we've thrown a variety of looks at Roddy and the one that works the best is small ball friends. So we'll see. Um, I'm pretty confident though. I'm not eight and a half confident, but I'm like seven confident out of 10. Uh, and that would set up uh, us in the championship game. I think that either way, you know, I want to give CSU some love on this pod. I'm a big fan of, of their team this year. They play mm-hmm. great basketball. Uh, I think Roddy is a well-deserved player of the year. 
but I think after the way we lost that game, I think we might be out for blood. And I'm hoping that we use that over and over and over again. And I can tell you if we play them in the semifinal, I'll be there. I will be betting the over on whatever Matt Bradley's point total is because wow. I think he's going for it. I okay. think he's going to go for it. Yeah. So um, exciting. It's exciting. It's yeah. this is like, honestly, one of the, after, after March madness, like the Thursday and Friday of March madness and the Saturday, like that week, mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. is arguably for uh, people like us who are just basketball obsessions. These are the best, right? I, I have been counting down the seconds until even Wednesday night, the Aztecs don't even play on Wednesday night. And I'm like, I just, I want to see what's happening. I was watching Gonzaga San Francisco last night. That was a fun game. It's been, Mm -hmm. it's been something else. I, uh, I do, I do agree. I would like to face CSU. Um, I'm not, I'm not worried about Utah state and granted I've never been there. So I don't know how they travel. So I don't have those, those influences impacting me. Um, And, and, even that that's to say like I have been publicly saying like Utah state is kind of a new rival for San Diego state, like Mm -hmm. between football and basketball, they've played in four championship games in the past three years. Uh, And I'm like, that's, that's like a rivalry is brewing there, Um, which is exciting because, you know, we've talked before the Aztecs don't really have a rival in in the way that like, and and let, let's be honest here, their diet BYU. They're, yeah, Coke that's BYU. part of it, right? That's yeah, part of yeah. it. That's why yeah. it works out so well, right? And it would be it would be great if UNLV could be good again, because uh, that rivalry would come back. Yes. But until Absolutely. they are, until they are, like Utah State is what we have, and like exact, mm-hmm. like I was about to get their diet BYU. It's not what I was going to say, but I like it so much more. Yeah. Like <laughs> so, so that's the thing. Even with that, I'm like I'd rather face CSU. Um, I think it would be a funner game to watch even, even, even in a defeat. Um, I wouldn't feel gross losing, (laughs) losing to CSU. Yeah. I would feel very gross losing to Utah state. Oh yeah. That's how I would feel too. That's how I would feel too. Cause right. right, uh, We're we're the lower seed against CSU. We'd be the higher seed. Uh, and I just, I just have more respect for Colorado state and their fans. I listened to Justin Michaels pod. He's been a guest on the show before I listened to his pod on a weekly basis um, talking about Colorado state. They're just, they're like objectively, if you don't have a dog in the fight, they're a pretty fun team. Yeah. Right. And, and so, not to mention that like that, that game's going to be a standalone game, right? It'll mm-hmm. be on one of the big networks or, I mean, it's on CBS sports, but it's, it's on, a yeah. 9 PM tip. Yeah. So there's the not other a whole lot else that going, going up against. It's not going to be like, you know, it's going to be, they're going to be eyeballs on that. So uh-huh. um, I would love, I would love uh, an amazing classic yeah. because we, it's kind of one of the, one of the least uh, known things about Vegas is it hasn't produced, like we might get one good game, a tournament from the Aztecs and I'm just, I just want some, I just want to be entertained. Right. <laughs> I mean, obviously I want I want us to win it all, but for yeah. sure. I think, I think all the points you make about CSU are very, very true. For sure. For sure. I, I, I do think, we would be favored and that goes against like the analytics that I have on the back end. Right. Um, the things that I like make and, and, and do all say Colorado state is the best team in, in the league. Um, but like you said, I think the Aztecs match up well with them 
and plus 29. And even when you take into context, you know, we had talked at the time that Colorado state was in like their second game off of a COVID pause, Mm -hmm. but that's not, that's not worth a 30 point swing. That's worth maybe a 10 point swing. So even with that, the Essex would be plus 19 in the series and arguably should have won on the road and this will be on a neutral. So all the things you said. And that puts us at the championship game, which would be the fifth championship game in five years for Brian Dutcher. Uh, And I think would still be the ninth championship game in 10 years for San Diego state. So. And our record is terrible. (laughs) Big time, big time run. It is not good. And yet it is still better than everyone else's. Of course. Cause Um, if you get there the most. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's, it's, you know, it is what it is. Um, It's no, it's something, but it's, it's good. Uh, I mean, I take that with a grain of salt. They literally won it last year. <laughs> they they won it last year. Um, I mean, by that point, you know for sure it's going to be one of Boise State, Wyoming, UNLV. I don't think we need to break down all of those teams. in Like in the flow of what we were just talking about, though, like entertainment factor and stuff like that, is there a team – you yeah. would like to see the most? I mean, I think we all know who I'm going to say right here, right? Can you guess? UNLV. I want to play UNLV mm-hmm. in the final mm-hmm. in Vegas. I think that let them be hot. Their fans will show up for the championship. It mm-hmm. will be a zoo at the arena. Like, there are two teams that when they make the final, it's an atmosphere that is significantly worth more than the cost of admission, and that's UNLV and that's New Mexico. Those two fan bases, UNLV only shows up. They, they literally are front-runner fans, so mm-hmm. if they're in the championship mm-hmm. game, they'll throw up. They will not show up to uh, their game against Wyoming. Um, I think for the good of the conference, that's the championship game because Boise's already easily in. Mm-hmm. Wyoming has kind of been on the bubble, um, and I actually I, I think UNLV will beat them. They literally just beat them at home last week uh, in a I game think, where Wyoming, Wyoming did not look, they were looked shell shocked after what happened to the Aztecs. So maybe they, they rebound, but uh, UNLV, they're my favorite, favorite team to beat uh, in sports for me right now. So um, beating them on their home court to go to March, to go to the big dance is just special. I think that that team matches up terribly with us. Even mm-hmm. if, even if Bryce is cooking, I think we can still beat them by double digits with him scoring 30 plus. Cause we already did it this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and not to mention that I think that them beating Boise for us would be it. like, thank you. Cause I think that's <laughs> the one team that I'm not confident in beating because Boise's, strengths literally are directly our weaknesses and even though we've played them tough two games in a row it's kind of the exact opposite of these last two games we lost we couldn't get over the hump mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. the whole but of course my dad will use the oldest basketball term in the book it's hard to beat a, tar- a team three times in a year and uh that would be the case for boise so i don't know i think i think for the conference as a whole UNLV getting to the title game. UNLV is a nationally recognizable program name for basketball. They have the tradition. That's 
pretty much all they have is the tradition. They don't have, you know, a current team and beating Boise would be a huge upset, right? It would be a huge upset if they beat Boise. Um, so yeah, I, I, I want to play Vegas. How about you? I, I listening to you makes me want to play Vegas. It sounds like even on the TV, it sounds like that atmosphere would come oh, yeah. through watching it like that. Um, and that would be, that would be cool. That being said, I do have a sore spot losing to Boise state twice, especially considering how close both of those games were. Mm -hmm. The one at home was the first game back from COVID. Uh, The one on the road ended kind of somewhat similarly to the the loss at Colorado state where there was like a questionable foul call there. Um, Not, not as questionable, but still questionable. Plus Bradley missing two free throws to end the game left a bad taste in my mouth. So it would be nice to get a third crack at them. I do not uh, subscribe to the three. That's like, it's tough to beat a team three times in a row deal. Um, I've looked into it for the mountain West. I've seen other people look into it nationally. And the majority of the time, if a team gets beat twice, they're going to get beaten a third time. Um, That being said, that didn't happen with Utah state last year. Yeah, six got beat twice in the regular season and then beat them in the championship. Um, so UNLV might be, probably would be the more fun game. And I would not complain at all if that was the game. Um, but it, it, it would be, <coughs> excuse me, would be nice to, to beat Boise and, and kind of avenge those two earlier losses plus that's going to help like the metrics most and maybe the aztecs can jump up a seed line or two yeah yeah which would be i, cool I mean I, well. I get the logic my um, reasons are all selfish no no for sure and and they're not they're, they're not even self like if it's entertaining right yeah. like that that benefits everybody you know mm-hmm. so it's it's like that and like i said like listening to you talk about it kind of made me like dude unlv should make it the the other thing unlv making it means they beat wyoming and i honestly mm-hmm. don't think wyoming gets an at-large bit if they lose to unlv Oh, so you think I that's think, a make or break game for them? I think it oh, is. I think I, I'm hoping that game is the tip before us. Um, really, am hoping that's the case. But I actually think it's CSU's the tip before. I us. think so. Yeah, I think the four five plays after the one eight. Yeah, but um, that is uh, there are reasons abound. I think if you're an Aztec fan, the one team in terms of. What's the worst case scenario for you? It's Wyoming in the championship game, because I don't think, I think that game, there's not as much excitement around it there. Wyoming fans do travel well too. And they are honestly might be the nicest group of people that are at the, at the, the the tournament. Um, If you're going for the first time and we'll talk about some tips that I'm going to give you, but Mm -hmm. look for the guy in the barrel. (laughs) He literally (laughs) wears a giant barrel to the game. Um, Wyoming fan, but there's no, there's no, like, there's no benefit to playing Wyoming in the championship. Right. I mean, you can, we want to win no matter what and winning goes to, and maybe you're saying if you believe that we can beat them the easiest out of, you know, UNLV, mm-hmm. Wyoming, Boise. Great. I don't feel that way. No. Um, there's no national draw. No one gives a crap about Wyoming basketball, right? They're a, kind of the, the hot one-year wonder program who kind of does what has done what Boise normally does, which is streak out to a lead and then fold late. So fell apart um, late. 
I think that everything there's just the other two matchups just provide so much more entertainment. Yeah. Uh, revenge or playing an old rival or beating somebody on their home court. What is, what does Wyoming offer? There's none of that. There's none of the extra stuff. There's you're getting a taco that has no guacamole and salsa on it. You're just getting a meat taco with land old corn taco. tortilla. Like no one wants that. We we're from San Diego. We like to have hot sauce and, all that good stuff on our tacos. So we want that extra spicy special taco with versus UNLV after they beat both those teams. That's what we want. <laughs> Hopefully the Aztecs make it that far. I've, yeah, I've, if you haven't, if you haven't seen it on Twitter, I've been posting like the, the odds of advancing to each round based on the seed and the three seed in the last eight years, which is as long as the current format has been in has advanced to the semifinal round four times, so only half the time, um, which would be the game where they would play likely Colorado State. So like beating Fresno, like the three seed has only won that game half the time, which is not a good rate. And then they've only made it to the championship once. And that was New Mexico did that in 2018 when we beat them as the five seed. So they have never won a championship the three seed hasn't in the last eight years that the current format has been in it's it's all the other top five seeds have won at least one championship in the last eight years and the three seed hasn't so not a great look hopefully the Aztecs can can uh set that set that straight a little bit yeah that doesn't that doesn't bother me at all because normally there's like two good teams in the conference and this year we have four so for sure it is what it is um with that Kyle you go every year pretty much to Vegas. Um, hopefully we have some people that are going. I mean, you said the seats are sold out. I saw that earlier too. I saw people having to buy seats yeah. like one section over because they couldn't get them in the San Diego state section. So it sounds like a lot of people are going, but for the newcomers, especially what are your tips? What are your pointers? Yeah. How, how should they go about it? There are a couple of tips that I think season season people will know. The first is, Whatever the tip time is, don't expect it to be then, unless you're the first game after the break, right? Because then they have legitimate control over when that happens. Um, I remember a game one year where we were the last game of the night and tip off was nine and we didn't tip off till 1015. So uh, we are, will be this will be the last game of the night, both night, uh, Thursday mm-hmm. and Friday, Thursday, you know, playing Fresno. And then if we win that game, playing Colorado State will be the nightcap. Uh, that's the worst part about being the three seed for sure. Um, expect it to be late. It's going to be late. Number two is I would highly recommend if you're going to the game and you didn't drive to Vegas to plan a way to get out of Thomas and Mac that isn't waiting in the taxi or Uber line. It can get obnoxious at the end of the games and you're the last game of the night. So you have other, other teams fans have stayed to watch because this is something that SDSU fans don't do, but teams from other fans or fans of other teams do, because let's be honest, we live in San Diego. We know a good time people in the middle of nowhere. This is their entertainment for the year. So they will stay and you're competing with cabs and Ubers and a single file line. Uh, that can get hundreds of people deep if it's enough people there. So I would highly recommend planning an escape. Uh, The easiest way is to literally walk all the way across the parking lot and 
call an Uber from the liquor store across the street. That's a life hack for you. Highly recommend doing that. Um, the food is run of the mill, you know, stadium food. It's nothing special. Prices go up a dollar from normal prices because it's the tournament. Uh, highly rec you're in Vegas, eat somewhere else, right? You don't want, you don't need to eat a $7 hot dog at a game. Um, that's a huge tip. And then the other thing is, I think, I wonder if, if you want to meet some Aztec players, go to the hotel where they're staying at. They are always friendly, always available, always willing to shake your hand. The coaches want to hear your support. That is uh, one of the highlights of, of any Mountain West tournament is meeting Malik Pope in the lobby after they won in 2018. That was awesome. Um, and, you know, this is a time, especially with COVID, where the players are more removed from the fans, specifically being in California. You know, there's so much more stuff going on. Um, in Vegas, it's literally the Wild West. So be responsible, right? But um, go and give them some love and support. And then my last tip is if you would like to sit with me, and the, I, I will be in the very, 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 very top row, okay, of the stadium with my father because we can scream and yell and cuss and live and die on every single call, even if we're up 35 points. Uh, without bothering anyone. I my one of my big favorite memories is we played Nevada. It was the year that Nevada had was like the hype team. They went to like I think the sweet the Elite Eight that year, but they laid a goose egg and we couldn't miss a shot in like the semifinals of the Mountain mm -hmm. West tournament. Mm -hmm. And I remember screaming at a foul call up 25 points with like two minutes left in because I was I still wasn't convinced we were gonna win. <laughs> but um definitely uh, if you're looking for seats, scalpers are available. You'll get taken advantage of. Um, buy something official. Uh, or and, and here's really where I would try to buy seats. There are groups of fans in the parking lot. So if you're going to scalp seats, scalp them from a group of fans, not the individual people selling. You'll save money. You can probably sit next to an SDSU fan if you can find them because there's always a parking lot party with San Diego State fans. Just listen for the Ric Flair woo. You'll hear it. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, and, and, and go and enjoy pregame, at least on Thursday. Uh, it'll be fun. It'll be a fun time. But if you're there and you, and you need tips or you want to know what's good or, or anything that's happening, find me on Twitter, friends. I'll be happy to, to reach out to you and – have a good time. But, um, in reality, it's, it's a great trip for those of you that are making it for the first time. I'm excited for you. You've got a team that can legit win the whole thing. So that's awesome. Um, but just enjoy it, right? Just enjoy it. And, uh, last tip is don't be a dick because there are a lot of people that when SDSU loses or their team loses, they get obnoxious. And there is a long walk from the stadium to your car that you can get into interactions with. And there have been some ugly situations uh, with every fan base because every fan base has idiots. So if it doesn't go our way, keep it until the car. Don't be a dick. I've, I've been one of those people that's been screaming and yelling, but definitely don't aim it at anyone. You kind of got to aim it at the members because it's a spicy situation. And, and there are fan bases there that love their teams as much as us. And, I just want to put a good showing of, of who we are as a fan base during the game. 
give them absolute hell, talk all your shit. But after the game, kind of cool out a little bit, if that makes sense. I love the the yin and yang of Kyle when he's the team is up 25, two minutes to go. He's still cussing out the reps. But then, like, after loss, guys, just be cool. It's okay. It's just a game. Yeah, it's, 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 <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want, like – there are people. No, for sure, for sure. Try to antagonize. 100%. And I have been razor blade close to getting involved in one of those situations. No, 100 percent want people to do that. And you are absolutely correct, right? And and you know, stay classy San Diego whole whole deal. I I it's more it's more of a of a I don't know what the word is, like a reflection on on you like I can never I never know what to expect. Yeah. From you in terms of like, is, are we going to get like petty Kyle out here? Who's like, you know, going crazy over everything. Or are we going to get the mature Kyle? Like, I I don't know, but it's fun. Oh, that remember how I said, if we lose, I didn't say if we win, win, (laughs) especially if we beat UNLV, my friends, if you, yeah, if we beat UNLV, we get reckless. So uh, the other, the, the one, the easiest one to get reckless against though, is New Mexico when they were good because their fans just, you could bait them harder than any person on earth. Um, but the other teams, you know, whatever, they're not going to Utah state and Colorado state aren't going to talk shit to your face. <laughs> UNLV will though. They will. So <laughs> they, do, they do it behind um, your back. Like civilized yeah, people oh should. Yeah. Oh yeah. But <laughs> like this, this known commodity, like UNLV fans versus SDSU fans, you'll go you'll sure. sit next to them. They'll mention sure. their national championship. Uh, and because of that, they think they're a better program than we are. So uh, you, you'll see it all if you're going for the first time. But but you'll meet a lot of new Aztec fans. Make some friends. Uh, that's important. And if they get to the championship game and they're up 15 points, uh, which let's just all everyone listening to the podcast manifest that right now. Mm-hmm. Championship mm-hmm. game up 15 points, a minute left in the game. Uh, figure out how you're going to get down to the, to the court because you want to be there. They're going to let the fans storm the, the student section uh, and the show travels, the show travels. There'll be a group of kids in the top. I want to say like visiting team corner in the top. Um, so if you've ever, if, if you've never been able to make it to a state game and you want to be part of the show, they'll welcome you with open arms, bring the beers. There you go. From the man himself, the man, the myth, the legend. Those are, those are Kyle's tips on uh, how to, what to, what to do when you're in Vegas. I hope, I hope you guys are able to go. I hope you're able to stay safe always first, but I hope you have fun. And, and yeah, I, as you were saying it live, I'm here manifesting 15 points, one minute to go. They'll still find a way to give up 14 points in that next minute, but then they'll win by one and it'll be okay. It'll be okay. Um, Aztec fans, I believe that does it for this one. And uh, let's, you know, let's go Aztecs. Let's go get another championship. Let's go hang another banner. It's time, baby. It's the best time of year. Go Aztecs.